Would you pray with me? Father God, we do thank you. We thank you that we are able to come together and that we are able to read your word and study it openly and without fear. Lord God, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would come and you would move powerfully among us now, that you would encourage us, you would challenge us, and you would equip us. Amen. I wonder if you have ever wondered why people followed Jesus. I don't know why, but when I was a new Christian, or probably just becoming a Christian, it's something that I thought about quite a lot. One moment. It's not a COVID cough, I promise. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but I, it's something that I got kind of quite fixated on about why people would follow Jesus. Like, what was so special about Jesus that made people go, oh, you know, he's miles and miles away. I know. I'll give up a day and I'll walk all those miles to go see what he's got to say. And I kind of thought about it and I thought, well, Jesus was quite funny. Maybe it was because he was quite funny. And then I thought, well, I've liked a few comedians in my time none of which I'm likely to travel more than a couple of hours to see. So maybe it wasn't that he was funny. And then I thought, well, maybe he was good looking. I know. But I came on the conclusion that maybe Jesus wasn't good looking in like an attractive kind of way on the basis that maybe that would have detracted from his message. So it probably wasn't that. Um, And then it occurred to me later on, Jesus was really attractive, but not in that way. I think Jesus was probably one of the most attractive people that has ever walked to the earth because people naturally were drawn to him. People, when Jesus spoke, people wanted to listen. Even if they didn't agree with him, they wanted to listen. And it occurred to me, probably far later than it should, that the reason that Jesus was so attractive and drew people to himself was that because when Jesus spoke, it wasn't just Jesus in his humanness speaking. This was Jesus speaking with God's authority. Every word that comes out of Jesus' mouth has God's authority behind it. I'm going to figure that that makes people sit up and listen. And I think the passage that we've heard tonight speaks a lot to the fact that when Jesus spoke, he always spoke with authority. At the beginning of the passage, we're told that when Jesus spoke, people were astonished. Now, I love this. I love the fact that dear old Luke, as he's writing this, thinks it is more important that we know that people were astonished than actually what Jesus said. He doesn't tell us what Jesus said. He doesn't tell us what Jesus was talking about that was so astonishing. All he wants us to know is that Jesus spoke and people were astonished. And in fairness, you probably don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out what Jesus was talking about. Because Jesus, as a general rule, only talks about one thing. A couple of weeks ago, as Jesus, uh, Kai was talking, as Jesus was stepping into his ministry, he says words along the lines of, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus pretty much talks about the kingdom of heaven, nonstop. As we go through, um, continuing over the next months, looking at Luke, we will see time and time and time again, Jesus 
talking about the kingdom of heaven, preaching the good news, telling people what they need to do in order to enter into the kingdom. Jesus is talking to these people about the kingdom of God and they are astonished at what they hear. Isn't that fascinating? Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and people are astonished. Now this, when Jesus is talking to people, he's not talking entirely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, It's not entirely new things to people. You know, he's talking about the kingdom. He's reminding them that God still loves them. He's talking of the saviour that is coming. He's talking of forgiveness. They're not entirely new ideas to the guys he's talking to. These guys know their scriptures. These guys have sat through many a rabbi's sermon on such issues. And yet, when Jesus talks to them about the kingdom of heaven, Suddenly, everything is different. Suddenly, they are astonished. Why? Because Jesus is talking not just about some kingdom. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God with the authority of God behind him. And here's the thing. You and I, as children of God, as co-inheritors of the kingdom of God with Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, have that very same authority of God that Jesus had. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? So my next question is, when was the last time we talked about the kingdom of God. Because when we talk about the kingdom of God with the power and the authority of God, then people are astonished, or people will be astonished. And why wouldn't they be? The kingdom of heaven's awesome, isn't it? And the message of the kingdom of heaven is probably more countercultural now in our society than it has ever been in history. We have this message where we can talk to people about love, not judgment and condemnation. Where we can talk about forgiveness. Where we can talk about a world in which we put our own needs second and the needs of other people first. A world where we all acknowledge our own failings and our own need for a saviour. And a world that is ultimately filled with hope because of Jesus in this life and for eternity. When we speak about those things with the authority of God given to us by the Holy Spirit, people will be astonished. If we want people to come to know Jesus, then we've got to start talking about the kingdom of heaven. And I recognize that that is um, not always easy. Often we are very good. We are very good at talking about church. And we are very good at talking about the things that we do. And those things are very good. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Please don't get me wrong. But people probably won't be astonished by those things. 
But when we talk about the kingdom of God, people will be astonished. And I understand that it's not always that easy. And I think sometimes when we think about talking about people, talking about the kingdom of God to people, we can get a little bit kind of wrapped up in ourselves because, you know, in Jesus' own words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And we don't really like to talk about repentance, do we? I don't know about you, but when I talk about, when I think about being, you know, acknowledging that we're sinners, I get these kind of flashback memories of being a teenager walking down Bristol High Street with crazy people standing on the corner shouting at me, did you know you're going to hell? You know, none of us want that. None of us want to be those people that, that call other people out like that. But you see, here's the thing. It is possible to talk about the kingdom of heaven without that. And I'm not saying that we totally ignore it. I'm not saying that all of us don't need to be held account for things like that. But it doesn't have to be our opening gambit. Jesus was really good at saving that bit till last. Think about it. Think just, just, just really quickly. Like You've got the woman who was caught in sin. What does Jesus do? He loves her and he treats her with compassion and forgiveness first. And then almost as an afterthought, as, he's leave, as she's leaving, he goes, oh, by the way, don't do it again. Last week um, in the morning, we talked about um, the woman at the well. What does Jesus do? He meets with her. He talks with her. He loves her. Um, he treats her with a compassion that the world doesn't show her. And then actually almost, she kind of realizes her sin on her own. Because often when we talk about the kingdom of God and people are astonished and they are moved by the kingdom of God, then actually repentance is the natural logical step. We don't have to start with that. We don't have to do the scary stuff. Jesus is really good at doing that. All we have to do is be the people who are prepared to go out and talk to other people about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and not even in our own strength, in the power and the authority that we have given by God to do it. Because when we talk about the kingdom of heaven, people will be astonished. And if we want people to know how amazing Jesus is, then we need them to start by being astonished. The second thing that happens is Jesus speaks and people are astonished. But Jesus also speaks and it draws out the enemy. Have you ever, um, have you ever, um, you know like sometimes when you're having a really rough time and uh, you just feel like you're being attacked on every, you know, from every which way. And in your vulnerability, you go to somebody and you share this with them and they listen and then they look at you Sorry, and then they look at you, and they say words to words to the effect of, "Well, you must be doing something good, else the devil wouldn't bother with you." Heard that one? Yeah. Did you want to punch them when they said it? Yeah. <laughs> Uncomfortable though it is to hear, those people do have a very good point, because when we talk about the kingdom of God. It draws the enemy out. And it draws the enemy out for one reason, and that is because when with the authority given to us by God, we talk about the kingdom of heaven, the whole of hell shakes with fear. 
We just sung about it. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. The whole of hell shakes with fear. And I'll tell you for why. It's because the kingdom of heaven and the devil, or hell, cannot coexist in the same place. It doesn't work. So when we start talking about the kingdom of heaven, the devil suddenly starts coming unstuck. In the story, there's a guy there, and he's listening to Jesus, and he's got a demon in him. And as he is listening to Jesus talk about the kingdom of heaven, the devil starts to become unstuck. He starts to become unstuck because as the guy is listening about the truth of the kingdom, as he hears the message of freedom, the devil, the demon, begins to lose the foothold that he has in that guy's life. When we talk about the kingdom of God, it draws the devil out. But what does Jesus do? Jesus tells the devil where to go, tells the demon where to go. And notice, Jesus does not do some kind of great exorcism. He doesn't, you know, draw things on the floor, do some kind of weirdy beardy um, ceremony. Jesus just talks to him. You know, he starts mouthing off a bit and Jesus says, you can do one. And off he goes. And if Jesus has that power, and I know you know where I'm going with this now, if Jesus has this power because of his authority from God, so do you and I. And you know what it's like, isn't it? Sometimes we're in those difficult places and we don't like being attacked by the devil. Nobody likes being under attack. But also, if we're honest, some kind, sometimes we do wear it like a little bit of a badge of honor, don't we? Because we think, well, must be doing all right if the devil cares what I'm doing. But here's the thing. Thank you for laughing at that. Um, <laughs> if, here's the thing. Like... We don't have to. You know, the devil starts coming unstuck. He starts mouthing off. And Jesus says, shut it, you. And then he tries again and he says, get out. You and I can do exactly that. When we start to get attacked by the devil, we have the authority from God to claim over our lives, over others' lives, over any situation at all. In the power and the name of Jesus, you have no place here. Don't I make it sound simple? (laughs) I do recognize that it's not um, that simple in reality, but that is the reality of it. If Jesus did it, we can do it. Only through him and through the power and authority given to us by God as his children. I have stood at the front of church on many an occasion and said some rather silly things. I fear this is going to be one of them. (laughs) Brace yourselves. I also think it's really important that this passage, well, does the passage, I think it's really important for each of us that we be a little more demon. I know, but think about it. Bear with me one moment. They're rushing for the door. No, bear with me one moment, because let's just think about this. There are lots of demons in, 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 in the New Testament. Jesus gets rid of all of them. But all of them have two things in common. And the two things are this. First off, 
Every single one of them knows the voice of God. Jesus is speaking, and what does the demon say to him? And kind of like, I feel like the demon is fronting up to him, but I don't really know what that looks like. But he looks at Jesus and almost accuses, he goes, I know who you are. The demon knew and recognized the voice of God. Secondly, every single demon that Jesus comes up against, when Jesus tells them what to do, they submit to him and obey what he asks them to do immediately. I wonder how many of us can say that we do that. I know I can't. I'll just put that out there. Even the demon recognizes the authority that Jesus has from God. He knows Jesus' voice. And he submits to his authority immediately and without question. It is so important that we do that as well. Because if we want to be people who speak about the kingdom and take on the demons in the power and the authority given to us by God, then we can't just be a little bit in the kingdom. We have to be totally and utterly all in in the kingdom. We have to be totally and utterly all in with Jesus. And that means we have to totally and utterly trust him. Which means when he calls, we must know his voice and we must submit to him. Again, I make it sound so easy when you say it out loud. And I know it's not always, I know it's not always easy. Sometimes God asks us to sacrifice things that we don't want to let go of. Sometimes God asks us to go to places and do things that we don't want to do. And yet, As children of God, that is what we're called to do. And we can do this without fear. We can do this because we know Jesus. We know his example. We know that he is um, never going to ask us to do things that are going to harm us. He has a bigger picture. He only has plans that are good for us. And we have to trust him in that. So in that reason, and that reason only... Can we be a little bit more demon? Jesus talks with the authority of God so that when he speaks about the kingdom, people are astonished. It draws out the demons, but the demons flee at his words. And finally, when people, sorry, when Jesus speaks, people gossip. Anyone who has spoken to me for more than 10 minutes will know how much I hate gossip. I am sure I have stood here and said it before. I am almost certain that I will stand here and say it again. It drives me nuts. I hate it. There is, I'm not I'm going to get off my soapbox before I start. I hate it. But, but if there is any type of uh, gossip that I can get on board with, it is holy gossip. Because Jesus speaks about the kingdom, he drives out the demon, and then everybody runs away, and they will tell anyone who will stand still long enough to listen, they tell them about what they've just seen and heard. Could you imagine if we lived like that? 
Could you imagine um, if this place, if this town, if wherever we live was just totally overrun by holy gossip with people running around going, did you hear what happened up in that church? Did you hear what happened when those people were praying? Did you hear what happened? And that the gossip spreads isn't isn't the kind of scandalous rubbish that you read in magazines, but the gossip that spreads is of all the different things that God has been doing. I know it feels awkward when we stand here at the front of church and we say, what are you thankful for? What's God done? What makes you joyful? But those are the things that we should be taking out with us. Because when we share with one another the amazing things that Jesus has done and is doing, then it should spread like wildfire. We should be talking with people and sharing it far and wide about the amazing things that Jesus has done. And it wouldn't be me if I gave you that didn't give you this caveat that this is not an excuse to do the regular gossip and call it holy gossip. When we are sharing things that Jesus has done, we share our own stories. <laughs> because there's nothing more powerful. There is literally nothing more powerful than you talking to the people who know you about the things that Jesus has done in your life because they can see it. And they know it's true because they know you. But if you do share things about other people, please only do it with their permission. Holy gossip is powerful. Because when people hear other people telling stories of all the amazing things that Jesus has done and Jesus is doing, then they want to know more. And when they want to know more, we need to tell them about the kingdom of God. We need to be people who are prepared to tell people about the kingdom of God because then we'll be, they will be astonished. And when people are astonished at the things of the kingdom, demons flee and the kingdom grows. You see what I've done here? We come round in this holy circle that all begins with us being people who go out and with the authority that God has given us, simply tell people, about the truth of the kingdom of heaven. Because when we do that, when we do that, people are astonished and demons flee and lives are transformed and the kingdom of God comes ever closer to us here. Shall we pray? Father God, Father God, we just come before you and we want to acknowledge, we want to acknowledge your kingdom and the power that is within your kingdom. And we want to acknowledge that anything that we go out or we do and we say, we do it in your name because it is nothing that we could do in our power, but only in your power. Father, we, we, just, we just acknowledge that you are God of God, King of King, Lord of Lords. That all of heaven and earth and the universe belongs to you. because you have transformed and are transforming our lives. 
Father God, we thank you that each one of us is here now tonight, here because somebody, somebody spoke to us about the kingdom of heaven. And we were astonished and we wanted to know more. And so in just a moment, perhaps... um, You can say it out loud if you want to say it out loud or just in your hearts. Bring those people to God, those people who told you first about the kingdom. And let's just give thanks to God for them. of your kingdom and your power that at your voice and at your name demons flee we thank you that there is nothing that is comparable to you and so Lord we bring to you now any areas where we are struggling those places where we're struggling those uh, situations where we feel like we're under attack Lord God, we pray in the power of your name that any and all strongholds or footholds that the devil might have will be broken. Thank you, Lord, that your desire is that ultimately we would be free in you. who submit joyfully and willfully to you. And Lord, in those places where perhaps we find it difficult, Lord, help us to know just within our whole being that every plan that you have for us is good. pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit you would empower us to be people who share the good news of your kingdom with others. Lord empower us, give us the desire, give us a passion for your name, equip us and give us courage in the places where we need courage and Lord show us, show us those people who you want us to share your kingdom with. has been welcomed into your kingdom and Lord may we not be precious over that kingdom may we want to share it with everyone that we meet so that they may too find their place in the kingdom just as we have Lord may we be people who are prepared and willing to step out in the authority that you have given us to share the good news of your kingdom. Lord God, would you work powerfully in and through each of us so that we might truly know what it is to see your kingdom come in this place.